greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is more that is with us than, it, than that are with them, the enemy. God has your back. From every corner, on every side, he is with you. There's a table that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. It's your body and your blood you shed for me. This is how I fight my battles. Sing that with me, church. Come on. There's a
Aren't you glad you're surrounded by Jesus? His angel armies are with you. God, we are so thankful that you have never forsaken us, God, not for one minute. Lord, you are here with us right now, God. We worship you. We thank you.
grateful this morning that the Lord is in this place today. Are you thankful for his presence? You know, we've sang this song many times in our church, and we talk about how God will never leave us and how he'll never forsake us. He'll be with us always, even to the very end of the age. That's the promise that he's given us. But it's interesting how sometimes we can walk through dark valleys, and it's not until we got to the other side did we realize that he was there with us all along, leading us, guiding us, sustaining us. And I just really feel strong in my heart this morning to say that if you feel like you're in a dark valley today, just because you can't feel the presence of God every step of the way doesn't mean that he's not there. You know, it's interesting, in Psalm 23 it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Sometimes we have to tell ourselves, even if it doesn't look like it, God, I know that you're with me. And as we take those steps, it's amazing how he shows up and leads us and guides us straight through that valley that we're walking through. Is anybody grateful that God is always with us and that he never leaves us? I just want to take a moment just as a sign of faith and surrender this morning. Would you just lift your hands? But we're going to make a declaration this morning. We're going to thank God that he's never left us, that he's never forsaken us, and that he is with us. Right now, if you're walking through a difficult season, just make that declaration of praise and thanks and say, Jesus, I thank you that I, you are with me. God, we thank you this morning that no matter what life might look like for each one of us individually, you are with us. You are with us. You are with us. Even if my emotions don't identify with it, we know that you are with us. Even if I haven't seen your hand at work yet, you are with me. And even if I don't know the outcome yet, I can put my faith and my hope and my trust in you because your plans are good. God, we're so thankful for the promise that you've made to, to us to be with us no matter where we are. Today, God, it's our hope and our faith and our expectation that you are going to lead us and guide us and to the very best that you have for our lives. God, we thank you that as we praise you and worship you this morning, your presence, your tangible manifest presence is here with us, reminding us that you'll never let us go and that you're always going to be with us. We honor you today, Jesus. Have your way. Speak to us today, Lord God. Make us into the image of Christ in everything that's said and done today. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. Come on, can we just give him a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning? Awesome. Hey, anybody happy to be in church today? It is so good to see you. It's great to be together in church. There's nothing like being together in the house of God. And we also want to welcome all of you who are watching online. You're live streaming right now. Thank you so much. We want you to know that even if you are there with just you or your family and your home, you are a part of this big church family. Hey, can we say hi to all of our people who are joining us online and welcome them to service today? <laughs> There's people waving at you this morning because we're glad that you're here. Before we move forward with our service, we just want to let everybody know that if you are here with your family in the room this morning, the family room is open, and if you'd like to be dismissed after worship to go there, we want to give you that opportunity now. But if you have kids and as a family, you want to remain in here and be a part of the service, you are welcome to do that as well because we're happy that you and your family are here today. So before you're seated, turn around, give a high five, well, a fake air high five, wave at somebody near you, say hi, and let everybody know how happy you are to see them this morning in the house of God.
Bridge family. We are so happy to be in church with you. We want you to know about everything coming up here at the bridge, so let's check out church news. Our community care program has continued to be a blessing to our community throughout the summer months. As the demand has increased, we have had the opportunity to help people in need of food assistance, and that is because of your faithful generosity. Thank you, church family, for continuing to support our local outreach efforts and making a difference in people's lives. On average, you are touching 75 to 95 families every weekend. And if you or anyone you know of is in need of food, distribution happens every Sunday at 11 a.m. in the back of our church building. We are grateful for the opportunity to be a blessing to you and others throughout the Temecula Valley. What's up, Bridge Youth? Hey, youth has been looking a little different lately, and so we want to show you, tell you what the next two weeks at youth is going to look like. Hey guys, this Wednesday we have our IG Live at 7 p.m. Make sure to follow us on our Instagram. Corey and the leaders will be talking about 10 things we wish we knew in high school, so make sure you be there. It's going to be a great night. The following Wednesday, September 30th, we have our outdoor service again, guys. It's been such a blast. We've been having so much fun with you guys. Games, a message, in worship. Make sure you guys be there. It's going to be such a great night. Hey, also this Wednesday at 3 p.m. here at the bridge around our flagpole, we're going to be doing what's called See You at the Pole. This is something to pray for our school campuses this school year. Typically, this happens on school campus, but since obviously you guys are doing school online, we're going to be hosting it here at the bridge. Several churches are coming by. A bunch of the campuses are coming by. Campus club leaders are coming by. And we're going to be praying here at 3 p.m. So come hang out for this and everything else. Make sure to follow us at bridge, YTH underscore, to stay updated on everything. Hey parents, it's a privilege to connect with your kids each week and right now is the time to start their Bridge Kids online service. So grab another phone, tablet, or device and visit our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Click on the menu tab and select Bridge Kids. You can also go to the Bridge Kids Instagram and Facebook page to access the services there. Thanks so much for the opportunity to keep your kids connected with God and with their church family. Ladies, I am so excited about launching a new season of Bridge Women. This season, we're going to have so many more opportunities for you to connect with other women. And it all starts with a very special night out just for you. It's a night to get out of the house and gather with the girls. A night to worship together and to find strength in God's word. And you'll hear about all the ways that you can stay connected. There'll be plenty of time to meet friends, to laugh, and even to indulge in some delicious desserts. And it's all happening under the stars out on our front plaza on Friday night. October 9th. So come comfy, bring your lawn chairs or your blankets, and get ready to have your soul refreshed. This is a free event, so make plans now for your own child care for your little ones. Bring your junior high and high school daughters with you and save the date. Friday, October 9th at 6.30 p.m. I can't wait to see you there. If you are new here to the church, we want to help you find your place in this family. 
We invite you to go to our church website or the Bridge Church app and click on the Connect tab. There you'll find a Connect card with details to help get you connected. If you don't yet have the Bridge app, just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. This is the best way to stay up to date with everything happening in church life. Thanks again for being here today. It's time to get into God's Word. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. We were planning to jump right into God's Word here, but we had a slight change in schedule. Uh, how many of you know when the wind blows, you never know what's going to be blown into town? <laughs> Charles Graham blew into town over the weekend. We've asked Charles to come and share a song this morning. Give Charles a good hand as he comes to share. Good morning and praise the Lord. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. It didn't say if, if my people who are called by my name will complain, but humble and pray. And I'm learning to do that. My brother, if you would, please. What an amazing God we serve. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For spacious skies, for amber waves of grain, for purple mountain majesties above the fruited plains. America, America, God shed his grace. On thee and crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. Oh, beautiful for pilgrim's feet who stirred impassioned stress. Author affair for freedom beat across the wilderness. America, America, may God thy gold refine till all success be nobleness. And every gain divine. For all those who are serving today, we say thank you. For those of you who have served, God bless you. Oh, beautiful, for heroes proved in liberating strife, who more than self their country loved and mercy more than the life America 
Give Charles one more big hand. Charles, we love you. It's nice to be around people who love our nation. And by the way, I appreciate what you shared at first, Charles, because our country today needs prayer. And we need people who love this land to stand up for the good of this land and just proclaim to people the hope that we have in Christ for our future. We need it. Um, my heart is so full today. Um, you know, Ann and I took a week off and went <clears throat> to visit our son in Texas. Well, actually, we went to visit our grandsons. We didn't really care about the son, but <laughs> Casey's watching today. Just kidding. Um, <clears throat> but I want to today, I want to open my heart and listen closely. I want to challenge you today. Here in the building, there at home. I want to challenge you with some things that God has been burning in my heart for several days, actually a number of weeks. And I've kind of been waiting for God's time to share these things, and I feel like the time is now. It's God's time. You know, I, I believe God is calling us as a church, the Bridge Church, our church family. God's calling us as his church and as his people to a time of preparation. Everybody turn to somebody and say, you need to prepare yourself. Come on, you can say it louder than that. It's okay. A time of preparation. And, you know, here at the Bridge Church, we're heading into the fall season of this most unusual year. This is the time of year when we launch connect groups. We launch Bridge Women. We launch Bridge Men. A lot of things start normally happening. And in this unusual year, we've been seeking God for his wisdom and his direction with this fall. And over the last few months now, I've, I've come to realize that so many people are living life punctuated by question marks. Think about that. People are living lives that are just filled with 
question marks. But I believe in this season, God wants to lead us, his people, into leading lives that are punctuated with exclamation marks rather than question marks. In other words, God wants to use us. How many of you believe God wants to use the Bridge Church? You believe that? All right, let me tell you something. Church is people. So that means God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And so for two Sundays, I'm going to be teaching out of Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. Many of you are familiar with Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. But today, I want, to, I want us to look together at what happened in Acts chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts 1. We're going to look through a lot of the chapter today. And I want us to look at some things that oftentimes are overlooked, things that really set the stage for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, things that really set the stage for the birth of the church, and things that we need to be aware of today because they will set the stage for God doing new and amazing things in our church, in our lives, in our families, and in our world. So I'm going to share some of these thoughts with you today. You know, I, I've learned through the years, we tend to see important scriptural events in the rearview mirror. For a lot of people, you talk about Acts 1, Acts 2, and it's like, yeah, look in the rearview mirror. That's what happened way back there a couple thousand years ago. Yeah, I, I know about that weird stuff that happened there in Acts chapter 2. That's how a lot of the church world looks at things today. We see it as recorded history. And as a result, so often the principles which breathe life into those events get lost in the historical aspect of the story. And today, I don't even want to get into Acts 2 today, except I'll refer to it a couple of times. Today, I want to look at Acts chapter 1, and I want to talk about 10 days. Is it up there? There we go. 10 days. One, two, count with me. One, two, three, four, five, six. 10 days. Everybody say 10 days. I want to talk to you today about 10 days that really prepared 120 people to change the world. Now, let me do a little bit of, of setting the table here. And I want to begin reading in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. Remember, Luke's gospel, the gospel of Luke that bears his name, was written by Luke. And he wrote it to a man named Theophilus. And then Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And he wrote it to this same man to show him what happened after the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus in the early church. So Luke wrote Luke's gospel and the book of the Acts of the Apostles. Acts chapter 1, I want to show you something. Look at verse 1. Luke says, the former account I made, referring to the gospel of Luke, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. And he's referring back to the ascension of Jesus at the end of Luke's gospel. Now, look at verse 3. To whom he also presented himself, to his followers, his apostles, his disciples. He presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible or undeniable proofs, being seen by them during 40 Days. Now, I want you to follow the timeline here. He said, after the resurrection of Jesus, for 40 days, Jesus appeared a number of times to his followers. Okay? For 40 days, and he was speaking of the things 
pertaining to the kingdom of God. Much of what Jesus did in those 40 days was to unpack all of his teachings and explain to them what had happened, what was about to happen to prepare them to continue to build and grow the kingdom of God in the earth. See, Jesus taught and said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's tiny, smallest of all seeds. But once it grows, it's able to house all the creatures of the earth. And so Jesus is preparing them to take his ministry forward. That's what he's referring to here. Now, give me about two minutes and let me set this up, okay? So follow me real quickly. In the Old Testament, the types and shadows with the holidays in the Jewish religion, from the day of Pentecost, or from the day of Passover to the day of Pentecost was 50 days. Pentecost literally means 50. So from Passover to Pentecost is 50 days. In the New Testament, from the death of Jesus on the cross, the crucifixion, you know, Paul wrote and said that Christ is our Passover. He fulfilled the types and shadows of the Old Testament. From the crucifixion of Jesus up to the day of Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there are 50 days in there. So follow me. Jesus died on the cross. Three days he's in the tomb, then he's raised from the dead. But the disciples are alone for those three days in hiding, trying to sort things out. Jesus is raised from the dead after three days, and then he's with them for 40 days before he ascends to the Father. So that's 43 days, if I've got it right. Is three plus 40, 43? We're kind of in agreement. I know all the Bible scholars are going back, well, you know, just trust me. That's close, okay? 43 is pretty close. Which means from the ascension of Jesus until the day of Pentecost, there's seven more days in there. So for three days and for seven days, the disciples are without Jesus before the Holy Spirit comes. Now, here's why I'm sharing all of this. In the time that Jesus was in the tomb, in the grave, in those three days, for the disciples, it was a time of utter devastation. Think about it. I mean, Jesus tried to tell them, but they couldn't get it. Jesus is dead. We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was going to set up his kingdom. He's dead. People are running for fear. We're hiding in fear. And to make matters worse, Peter denied him, and we don't know where Peter is. He went back to go fishing. And then worse than that, one of us, Judas, the treasurer of the group, He's the one who betrayed Jesus and sold him in the hands of the Jewish leaders. He set him up and now he went and hanged himself and he's dead. And I'm sure they're looking at one another thinking, well, which one of you guys is going to be next? Who jumps the ship next? Who leaves next? So much damage has been done and now we have no hope and no future because Jesus is gone. They were utterly devastated. Think of all the questions they had, all the fears that they had. But then we want to move forward because Jesus, after he's raised from the dead for 40 days, appears to them on different occasions, teaching them, opening up the eyes of their understanding. Now look at verse number four, Acts 1, verse 4. How many have enjoyed the introduction today? The introduction was good, wasn't it? Okay, now we're going to get into the message. Verse 4 says this, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Now, I'll come back to the rest of this in just a moment. 
Jesus commanded them, don't leave Jerusalem, stay here and wait. Now we know it ended up being seven days. The disciples had no idea how long they were going to wait. They didn't understand the fullness of what was going on. They didn't understand what was going to happen on the day of Pentecost. All they knew was Jesus gave them two things. Number one, he gave them instructions. He said, stay in Jerusalem and wait. Stay in Jerusalem and wait. Now, come on, put yourself in the disciples' shoes. Most of them are not from Jerusalem. That's not home to them. That's not where most of Jesus' ministry took place. I don't want to stay in Jerusalem. I want to go here. I want to go there. I want to go home. I want to be with my family. I want to see my friends. I want to go to the places where I want to go. Everybody had his own desires. But as it turns out on the day of Pentecost, 120 people are still together because they understood and they followed the instructions of Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Has God ever given you instructions that you really didn't want to follow? Let me ask you this. Have you ever read your Bible? Sometimes God gives us instructions that are not comfortable to our flesh because there's a bigger picture that God sees that's more important than what my little flesh wants. Let me expand it. Sometimes God's ideas are a lot bigger than what your little flesh wants. Even at home. Sitting there in your pajamas drinking latte, trying to decide if you want to turn me off yet. Don't turn me off yet. Good stuff's coming. Stay with me. Why did Jesus give them these instructions? Well, think about it. He, he knew their humanity. He knew their frailty. He knew their weaknesses. He saw what happened when he came to them after he'd been in the tomb, when he was raised from the dead. He saw how terrified they were in hiding. He saw all the fear, all the questions, the devastation, that the team had been torn apart the way it was. That their hope was gone. Jesus knew their weaknesses. And he knew human nature is when the pressure's on, people are going to scatter. That's what people tend to do when the pressure's on. They scatter. Jesus knew that. So he gave them instructions. Stay together and wait in Jerusalem. But Jesus also knew that something amazingly big was about to happen. And he knew they needed time to prepare themselves to receive what God was about to do. They needed a time of preparation. He said, stay in Jerusalem and wait. That's the instructions. Wait, wait for what? Well, let's go back to verse number four. Being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but... To wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Two things. Jesus gives them instructions. Wait in Jerusalem, and then he gives them a promise. The Holy Spirit's coming. This is what you're waiting for. Now think about it. He'd already talked about this before. This is not a new promise. John the Baptist talked about it. Back in the early days. Remember the followers of Jesus? I'll get to it more in a few minutes. But the followers of Jesus, especially those disciples, they were supposed to be people who had been there since the baptism of Jesus, since the very beginning of this ministry. 
The real leaders had seen it all. Jesus had been teaching them and telling them, preparing them. I'm going back to my Father, but it is expedient for you that I go because when I go back to the Father, the Holy Spirit will come to you. But if I do not go to the back to the Father, he will not come to you. So Jesus has been telling them this. And now he's saying, I'm about to leave you, but I want you to know the Holy Spirit's coming. So here's the instructions. Go to the city of Jerusalem, and I promise you the Holy Spirit is coming. Let me ask you. If Jesus told you that, how long would you expect it to be before the Holy Spirit came? Huh? How about you at home? How long would you expect? Well, probably 30 minutes. I mean, he could get here fast. Maybe a day. Maybe the next day. Maybe the Sabbath. They all had their opinions on when they thought the promise of God was going to come upon them. But Jesus had told them, the Holy Spirit's not coming until I go away. Now, look at verse number 6. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Think about that. Jesus has told them, go to the city of Jerusalem and wait. The Holy Spirit, that which I promised, the Spirit of God is going to come upon you and everything's going to be different. Now, okay, Jesus, but let, before you go, just, just let us ask you, are you going to set up your kingdom now in Israel? Are you going to restore the kingdom? Are you going to run out our enemies? Are you going to set up this earthly kingdom now? Is this the time? Verse 7, Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which a father has put in his own authority. But, verse 8, familiar verse, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. You see, what happens here is, and I want you to see this because it's so important. Jesus has spent 40 days with them. He's helped them navigate some of what happened those three days while he's in the tomb. And now he's preparing them to teach the kingdom of God. He's got them ready. He's about to leave. And he says, okay, guys, go to the city of Jerusalem and wait there. And they say, but wait, wait, wait just a minute before you go. Are we going to have the kingdom now? Are we going to rule and reign now? And basically what Jesus said was, you know what? That's the Father's call. You don't need to, you don't need to worry about that. But then he said, here's what your focus needs to be. And I want everybody here to listen to this. This should be the focus of every believer. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be a witness of Jesus everywhere you go. That's the focus. We get caught up in so many things. We get so distracted by so many things. Man, we got itchy ears. We want good teaching about this and good teaching about that. We want to feel happy about this and happy about that and good about this. We want to mess up our lives and have somebody come along and say, oh, it's okay. It ain't no big deal. It ain't no big deal. Friend, let me tell you something. God has come to restore us and to do bigger things than we ever imagined, but it comes to a point where we have to open our lives and say, God, it's not just about me. It's about a world out there that needs Jesus. What's my place in this? This work of the ministry. I'll clap for that one. That's good preaching. And some of you at home spilt your coffee right there, trying to, trying to clap with us. Jesus knew if his followers could follow only, if they, or if they could focus, if the followers could focus only 
on the Holy Spirit and what he would bring into their lives, everything else was going to be okay. Well, I know I'm, I'm wading in some deep water today. I'm waist deep. I'm not knee deep. I'm waist deep. You know, if some of us would get our eyes off of everything else going on in the world and focus on what the Holy Spirit wanted to do in our lives, our lives would be a lot better off. A lot better off. And not only that, Jesus entrusted the entire future of his ministry, the entire future of the building of the church. He entrusted it to this group of people. But he knew they cannot do this until the Holy Spirit comes upon them. So he told him, you got to go back and wait. you got to go back and wait. The Spirit's coming. This needs to be your focus. By the way, just a side note, I'm not going to argue with Bible scholars because Bible scholars are smarter than me, but I'm going to tell you something. Jesus, according to Scripture, Jesus did no miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him after he was baptized. Give you something to go home and think about. Because something on my iPad. Now, look at verse number 9. I'm going to move quickly now, so stay with me. Verse 9. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, Jesus was taken up, and a cloud received him up out of their sight. That would be a pretty awesome thing to see. We're standing there talking to Jesus. Last thing he says is, go to Jerusalem. Holy Spirit's going to come up on you. You're going to be empowered to do ministry as I've done it. And away he goes. They see him taken up, and, man, he just disappears in the clouds. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. See, it's like this. Who are these guys? Who also said, verse 11, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. You know what happened? Jesus ascends into heaven. And they're standing there watching this. Now, remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Charles and I talked about this, I think, the other day. Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus is transfigured before the eyes of Peter, James, and John. Remember Peter speaks up? Oh, let's just build tabernacles here. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. This is the most awesome thing over. And all of a sudden God speaks and says, this is my son, listen to him. In other words, Peter, be quiet. These guys are just, wow. And all of a sudden these two men speak to them and say, what are you cloud watchers doing standing here? Didn't he give you instructions? Don't stand there gazing into heaven. He's coming back someday. But he's given you instructions. You have something to do with your lives. Follow the instructions and go to Jerusalem and let God do what he wants to do in your lives. So Jesus gave them instructions and a promise. But then skip down to verse 12. We're going to look at verses 12 and 14. Because I want to look at the other part of this. In every move of God, in every move of God, in every move of, I'm not stuttering, I'm, I'm not stuck, I'm trying to prove a point. In every move of God, there are two parts. There's God's part and there's our part. Everything God is doing in the earth today, he's doing it by his spirit through people. His part, our part. So Jesus did his part. He gave them instructions, he gave them a promise, and then he went back to the Father to send the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 12. 
And the disciples, the followers, they returned to Jesus from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey, which means it was a short distance away. Number one, what did the disciples do? They obeyed God. They obeyed God. I asked you the question earlier, has God ever given you instructions that you struggled with? What did you do with them? A lot of times God will ask you to do something you don't want to do just just to see if you're going to be obedient, just to see if you have the faith to follow him. The disciples obeyed. They went back to the city of Jerusalem. let Let me ask you a question. I talked about a season of preparation. Have you ever set aside time? I'm not talking about a minute. I'm talking about a block of time. Have you ever set aside time for nothing except to seek God and see the Holy Spirit work in your life in a greater measure? Have you ever set aside time to prepare yourself for God to do bigger things, greater things? See, God's power is limited really by our belief and what we expect from God and what we're willing to do in faith to act on God's promises. Have you ever set aside time just to prepare yourself, to open yourself to God's word and the Holy Spirit, to let God expand you? You ever set aside time for that? Ten days? Seven days? Three days? One day? These people got together in obedience And it ended up being seven full days added on to the three they had earlier to simply seek God to see what God wanted to do in and through them. They obeyed Jesus' instructions. I believe today God's speaking some things to our church, to you and to me. Speaking to me, speaking to you. And he's asking us, would you find time for me? Would you make room for me to work in your life in new and greater ways? And the second thing, look at verse 14. These all continued with one accord. Second thing is, they came into agreement. Now, I'm going to spend just a couple of minutes here, but it's really important that I touch on this. They came into agreement. They were all, they all continued with one accord. Now, now, stop here a minute. We know on the day of Pentecost there were 120 of them, all right? So we don't know the exact number from day to day, how it, how it got adjusted and so forth. But just follow my line of thought here. They came into agreement. Can you imagine how many opinions were represented there? If you read a little further in that verse, it says the disciples were there. Well, have you followed the storyline of the disciples when they walked with Jesus? I mean, Peter, James, and John, they were three that got to go places where the others didn't get to go. And now, you know, Judas is gone, so there's only 11 of them. And there's three of them who, the other guys are saying, well, how come you get to go places we don't get to go? And it's not fair. And we know that James and John, two of those three, they even sent their mom saying, well, can my boy sit on your right hand and your left hand when you come into power? They were pushing for the, the front of the line. They wanted to be seen. And there was resentment among the disciples. Jesus had had to deal with that. They came from different backgrounds. I mean, Matthew, he was a tax collector. He saw things differently than those fishermen. 
They all had their own perspective within those disciples. They had their own problems getting along. And now Jesus is gone. He's not there to correct them and referee them. And these people came into agreement. Let me throw this in the mix. Jesus' mom's there too. What do we do? Oh, Jesus said, come to, what do we do now? Well, uh, I guess we do what Jesus did. All I know is we're supposed to stay here. Well, you know what? We'll ask his mom. Maybe mom knows. And I'll guarantee you Jesus' mom had some ideas. And then it says, and, and, and the women, every husband knows women have ideas. <laughs> Come on, guys, give you a chance to chuckle real fast. Not picking on women. Uh, boy, it's, it's so sad what society's done to us. I can't even laugh at myself anymore. <laughs> then the women are going to have their ideas besides the disciples. And then to make matters worse, it says Jesus' brothers are now in the mix. I mean, earlier in his ministry, the brothers wouldn't even follow. But now that he's been raised from the dead, all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we're on board with this train. Oh, yeah, we believe, we believe. And all of a sudden, they're throwing their two cents in. And the guys are like, dude, you didn't even believe before he was raised. So just be quiet. I can see all this back and forth going on. But somewhere, somehow, in the middle of all of this, everybody laid down all the unimportant junk that did not matter. And they focused on on the instructions and on the promise of Jesus. And he said, we're going to stay here until the Holy Spirit comes. That's the only thing that matters. When he comes, then we'll know what to do next. It's interesting, their unity endured all the way to the, the day of Pentecost. Acts 2.1 says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were still all with one accord. They were still, simply means they were unanimous. They were in agreement. They weren't arguing. They were all on the same page. I've had people through the years say, what was the greatest miracle in Acts chapter 2? When the Holy Spirit came, was it the wind? Was it the, the, the tongues of fire? Was it people speaking in unknown languages? No. Uh, the, the, the beauty of Acts chapter 2 is the greatest miracle of all is that those, those people were in unity. 120 of them. And scripture tells us even in the Old Testament that where people are together in unity and agreement, God pours out his spirit and his blessing there. And as long as everybody's splintered off running in their own direction, well, we need to go here, we need to go here, we need to do it this way, we need to do it that way. As long as all that's going on, God just sits back and says, nah, I'll just wait until you all come back to what's important. Well, this is good preaching. Thank you. Now, See, they had unity in Acts 2, but it was established in Acts chapter 1 in those seven days. Another thing I want to show you here, verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Third thing they did, they prayed continually. They prayed continually. They prayed continually. Is prayer a part of your lifestyle? You know, I've said this before from the pulpit, and I'm going to say it again today. We've made a horrible mistake in the church. We've taught prayer as a discipline. Prayer is not a discipline, it's a privilege. Getting to talk to God about everything is a privilege, it's not a discipline. We taught it as a discipline as if God's not even going to answer prayer, but you need to pray anyway. Well, if God's not answering prayer, what's the use of praying? 
It's not about discipline. It's about us being in relationship with our Heavenly Father. And yes, you need to take time. You need to adjust your lifestyle and discipline yourself to spend time with God. But the question is, are you talking with God? At some point in this seven-day process, everybody began to sincerely pray about seeing God do what he had promised to do in their lives. And one other thing, it's the last thing I'm going to talk about in this part of the message before I close. And I'm not going to read the verses because there's several verses here, but I'm just going to comment. The last thing they did was, because of prophecy and the leading of the Holy Spirit, they had to choose a replacement for Judas. Now, it, it seems so insignificant because you know, really the guy they chose to take Judas's place, you never heard of him, never heard from him again. So it's kind of like, well, what difference does it make? There's a principle here. I want to show it to you. Judas betraying Jesus fulfilled Old Testament prophecy. But them replacing what Judas had taken away and what his failures had taken away, them replacing Judas was also a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Now listen closely, I'm almost finished. I find it really interesting that almost half of this chapter, Acts 1, almost half of this chapter deals with the damage that was caused by sin. With what Judas did. Probably with Peter's failures in that first three days. Half of this chapter deals with mistakes, hurts, pains, all the stuff that was causing division. It was dealt with. And they chose someone godly to replace Judas. Half of this chapter almost deals with this. Yet today in so much of our church world, we never even consider the need of finding healing for our spiritual sickness and our spiritual sin. We just ignore it and carry it and go on thinking, well, everything's going to be okay. I prayed the prayer in 1949, so since I prayed it then, it's okay. I'll just go on until uh, uh, 2049. Maybe Jesus will come before then. So I'm just going to keep going on. The problem is we never take the time to deal and find healing for the damage that sin has done in our lives. Now stay with me. Less than 50 days from the cross, the disciples found that Isaiah 53 was true. On the cross, Jesus was broken for their brokenness. That they could find wholeness and healing and release from the guilt and the shame of their mistakes and their sin. You know, if you read the Bible, you cannot escape the message of repentance and turning because repentance and turning then leads to healing and restoration. We carry hurts and scars from childhood, from our teenage years, from a first marriage and a second marriage and a third marriage, and we carry this pain and we carry that pain and we carry it on and on and on, and we forget that when we come to the cross, Jesus took all that pain and he wants us to throw it on him and walk away and let him release us from that guilt and pain and let him release us so we can go forward into a full, complete life, but we got to spend some time with Jesus and let him massage that healing oil into our lives. The disciples did that. 
This morning, I, I want to pray right now. I'm not quite finished. I'll come back and finish, but I want to pray right now. You may be listening to this in the building. You may be watching online today. Maybe your life is broken. Your heart is broken. Maybe your whole world has fallen apart. And you're wondering, where do I go from here? Friend, Jesus invites you to come to the cross because everything he did there, he did it for you. He wants to wash away his sin and the guilt and mistakes of the past. And then he wants to begin a process of healing where he starts rebuilding your life through the work of his spirit and the power of his word. But he needs you to surrender to it. I want to pray for you today. If you're watching online or if you're in the building and you've never surrendered your life to God, or maybe one time you, you prayed a prayer but you never really followed through and never really committed your life to Christ and never made Him the Lord of your life, I, I want to lead you in this prayer because I want to give you a chance to open your heart to Jesus and let Him begin to come in and work in your life. If you're feeling a tug in your heart right now, that's the Spirit of God knocking on the door of your heart. Ask every head to be bowed, every eye closed, and I want to ask everybody here, everybody at home, pray this with me. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. I need your help. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I believe Jesus died for my sins. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I give all of my life to you. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Even the things that are broken. I lay it at your feet. I surrender it to you. Reorder my life. Heal me. Teach me your ways. I want to walk with you. From this moment forward, you are my father. And I'm your child. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for every believer right now who's struggling with what's behind them. As we come to the cross today, as we pray this prayer together, that once again, you would renew the work of the cross in our lives, that we can lay down the hurts and the pains and trust you to begin a work of healing. Father, perhaps there's some things we need to turn away from and need to repent of and walk away from. Father, give us the boldness to do that now as we follow you and we trust you and walk with you and find healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to finish my message now just for a couple of minutes. <clears throat> Acts chapter 1, there are really two factors that set up Acts chapter 2. Number one, what Jesus did Number two, what the disciples did. As I close this morning, I, I, I couldn't help but think as I was putting this message together. John chapter 4, Jesus had sent the disciples into town to get food and he, he stayed at a well in Samaria where he wasn't supposed to be to start with. In the middle of the day, at a time when people didn't go to the well because he knew one woman was coming who needed help. We know the story of the woman at the well and Jesus changed her life and she went in and told the people of the city and it began a revival in the whole city which continued for many years even into the days of the apostles. But the disciples came back and they were trying to figure out well, what's Jesus been doing talking to this woman? What's he talking to her about? They were afraid to ask but they were wondering. And then they offered him food and Jesus said, I don't need that food. I've already had food. I've, I've, my food is to do the will of the Father, to be used by God. 
Then Jesus made this statement to the disciples. He said, you know, you look around and you see the fields around you and you say, well, from the looks of things in about four months, it'll be time for harvest. He said, you need to lift up your eyes off of natural things and you need to see what I see in the spirit. Because in the spirit, the fields are already ripe, ready for harvest. I just need somebody to go into the fields and bring in the harvest. The disciples were oblivious to what Jesus was seeing and what he was doing because their eyes were on the wrong things. In this season, so many people, I've seen people, I've talked to them, I've listened, I've watched, so many people are shrinking. So consumed with themselves. It's just me, 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 me. And their eyes are on their own feet and their own little life. And they're afraid to get outside of their own little house in this little bitty village here trying to live on this island. And God is saying it's time for you to open up your eyes and lift up your head and see a bigger picture. Please listen to me. I'm almost finished. I know some of you are saying, well, you know what? You've already gone a minute and 18 seconds too long. You know what? Give me three minutes and I'll be done. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We've got to get our eyes off of ourselves and see the world around us. Because I'm going to tell you something. In the middle of all the weirdness, the craziness, the politics, everything going on, we're about to see the greatest opportunity of our lifetime to reach souls for Jesus. If we'll just lift up our eyes because people are hurting and they're desperate and they need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's only going to come from you and from me. It's not just going to come from the pulpit. It's got to come from our lives and what the Holy Spirit does in us. Lift up your eyes. Don't just see the natural. Don't be moved by what all the media is saying and all that. Don't live in fear. God has a bigger idea and a bigger plan for his church. I believe for our church, this fall, God is saying, lift up your head. Look up. Get your eyes off yourself and see a world in need because we have the answer. We are the answer. We, we, we are the answer so here's the last part of my message just like the disciples had three days plus seven days they had ten days of preparation in this 50 day period I'm calling our church to ten days of preparation for God for us to see God do greater things than he's ever done before through us through our lives. Not just, not, just, not just me, not just Dan, not just Zach, not just the pastors. Through all of us. Ten days of preparation. And here's what I'm asking. Beginning this Wednesday, which is September 23rd, <clears throat> for ten days through Friday, October the 1st, I believe it is. What's the what's a week from Friday? The second. Like I said, Friday, it's what I had in my notes. I just questioned myself. What a dummy. Jesus gave me instructions. I should have followed it. <laughs> For 10 days, starting this Wednesday, going through the following Friday, 10 days later, I'm calling us to a time of prayer and fasting. Now, some people say, well, we're not supposed to fast. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, while the bridegroom's with you, you don't fast. But when he leaves, then you will fast. Why do we fast? We fast to break the grip of other appetites in our lives and make God and his presence and his work priority in our lives. You at home, 
I'm calling you to fast, to pray. Set aside time every other day. Instead of eating a meal, get alone with God and spend that time opening your heart to God, praying about the things in your life and surrendering. We're going to be sending out some email blasts to help you during this time. But I'm going to tell you something. Our greatest opportunity is just ahead if we'll prepare ourselves for what God wants to do through us. I believe it. And then I'll continue next week talking about Acts chapter 2. The first Sunday of October, so that must be the 4th, October 4th, Bayless Conley is going to be here. He's going to be sharing. We've already been talking about what we're doing as a church. I'm going to tell you something. God's going to use Bayless to speak to us that day. You better get ready for it. And here's, here's what I envision. Here's what God's put in my heart. We're having Sunday evening service right now. We're going to do that today and next week. When we head into October, we're not going to be doing Sunday evening service. But our Sunday morning crowd is comfortably filling the seats that we have available. Every Sunday, we're putting people in overflow. So two weeks from today, the first Sunday of October, October 4th, on that Sunday, we're going to two services again. So for those of you, and all the late, all the late sleepers said, hallelujah. If you're at home, the beauty is you can watch both of them from home if you prefer. Here's the point. We're, we're heading into a fall. It's not church as usual. We're looking for God to do new things in our lives and new things through us. It's time to get our eyes off ourselves and get our eyes on the world that needs us. <clears throat> for some reason, my, I must have got too excited preaching. Ann, you want to come make this announcement? You want me to do it with my hoarse voice. All right. She doesn't want to do it. I'll do it. You want to come do this? Come do this. Come on, give her a hand. <clears throat> Wow. Some people Youth would say I got a frog. A gentleman. Some people would say they got a frog in their throat, but I haven't eaten any frog, so it's not that. I got to right here. Okay. He might have something to throw in along with this so he could stay close. <laughs> but you know, we're just really excited about our church reconnecting because this season we've been in over the last what almost six months now it's disconnected the church has disconnected the body of Christ and it is time to reconnect and so we are doing that yeah <laughs> it's exciting but we're doing that in several ways and you know through our in-person services and and as you just heard expanding that into our two services but also we're reconnecting through connect groups and you know fall if you've been part of this church you know this is our time when we launch into a new season of connect groups but in this fall season in this time that we are finding ourselves we are going to do something a little bit different with our connect groups because we really have it in our hearts to just rally this entire church family together around what God is speaking to us at this time in this church this fall through our Sunday messages and so we are looking to have more connect groups than ever some will be virtual some will be in person so there's one for everyone whatever your level of comfort is, but we're going to have tons of connect groups unpacking and applying the Sunday messages to our lives, and we're going to be just joining our hearts together around what God is saying to us as a church, and so if you can rally two people around you, you know what? That's a group. 
And so we want to just invite you to lead a connect group this fall. We're going to provide you with everything you need. It's going to be so simple. Like I said, just really talking about our Sunday messages. We're going to provide you a little short recap video you can watch together as a group and some discussion questions. But then let's really take those things to heart and stand with each other and be praying with each other and seeing God do something new, what he wants to do in our lives so that he can do all that he wants to do through our our lives, all right? Yep. And so if you are interested and willing to be a Connect Group leader in this season, like I said, it can be two people. Would you take a moment this week to sign up on our website or on our Bridge Church app? And then next week, we're going to have a meeting just to give you all the details, put the tools in your hands, everything you're going to need. That meeting will be next Sunday at 11 o'clock, right after our Sunday morning service. If you're here, come to the meeting in person. If you're watching online and you want to do a virtual group, great. You can join into this meeting next Sunday virtually as well. All right. We are looking forward to an amazing fall and just yep. seeing God do all that he wants to do in our lives. You are the church. Yeah. Okay. Say with me. I am the church. You are the church. Let's see what God will do through our lives. Amen. Pastor Zach, come if you would. Give Zach a good hand. Come on, we can't let him go without giving him a hand for that message this morning. All right, so we have gone over just a few minutes. Give us some grace for that. A couple other things that we just want to say very quickly. There are people here in the room and watching online that today you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time or you recommitted your life, and that's a big deal. And so we want to take a moment just to honor that very quickly. If that's you, you made a decision to follow Christ, you're here in the room, please stop by the next seven days desk before you go. It's between the glass doors right after the service. Just stop there. We'll be happy to put the next seven days. It's a simple tool in your hand to help you start with your walk with God. This is not the end. This is the beginning of your journey. And another way that you can get this gift that we want to put in your hand is by coming and seeing one of our prayer teams. If you need prayer, if you made a decision to follow Christ, please come see a prayer team today before you go. Our prayer teams will be right here on the sides of the floor near these walls on the, on the, the bottom of the foyer or the or the auditorium here. They just come down and say hi to one of these prayer teams. They'll pray with you, give you the next seven days if that's what you need. If you're watching online and you made a decision to follow Christ, just click on the Connect tab. Let us know you made a decision, and we'll send you the next seven days and help you get started in your walk with God because that's a very, very important decision. Can we put our hands together one more time and welcome some people into God's family? All right, just a couple more quick things before we go, Okay. It is always important that we continue to put God first when it comes to our finances and honor him with our giving. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you so much for your faithfulness, your generosity in putting God first with your money and your tithes and your offerings. It's because of you the church goes forward. God is faithful to us, so faithfully we respond to God. We put him first. We sow seed into his soil because we know that he will bless us when we do. So there are a few different ways that you can give that are up on the screen if you want to give digitally. If you'd like to give in person today, we're not passing the containers right now, but there are giving stations on the outside of these first exit doors right before you leave the auditorium. There's also one by the kids check-in on that side 
of the foyer as well, okay? So again, thank you so much for your faithfulness, your generosity. We know that your giving is making a difference right here in our community as well as around the world. It's been an awesome day being together. Thank you so much for the peace, for the harmony, for the joy that is in this place. We are so grateful that we get to do church with you again on Sundays. Thank you for making it possible. We love you. There are three exit options, one there, one there, and straight out as you go. We love you. Have a wonderful Sunday, church. We will see you tonight for our outdoor service at 6 p.m.